Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Today is January 15th. How many have already broken your New Year's resolution? You already, you, you did it, you did it before like the first day was over. You already ransacked your cabinet and dug through the trash when you threw out all the bad food, right? Like I know I was, uh, I was with you. I'm right there. I'm, I'm ready to, to cash in on my resolutions also. Um, Welcome. Just like Pastor Brian said, uh, we're excited that you're here, man. This is the first week of a brand new series. We don't know each other. My name is Josh. I'm the lead teaching pastor here at VC, and it's our honor to have you here today, Uh, which is oddly enough, right, the first time we've gathered together this year, although it is the third Sunday of the year because we took the first off and then all of a sudden the Lord blessed us with a a snowstorm. Um, But that's cool, right? Uh, we, I had some good times sledding with my kids. I made some memories, posted some videos. It was awesome. Um, I believe that this series, I, I really do believe, I try not to be like a, a hype guy, right? Although that is what I want to do like on the side. One of the, one of the secret ambitions of my life is to be the hype guy in a rap team. You know what I mean? Like the guy that just stands in the background and he just says every last word like, you know, Money! And it just bounces around. But I don't want to do that preaching. I don't want to be the hype guy preaching. But I I really do believe with everything in me that this series is going to change your life. Uh, Because it's already changing mine. As I I, I kind of... uh, you know, putting my thoughts together and, 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 and charting out where this, this is going to go and listening to God and kind of saying, okay, God, what do you want to say this week and this week? And, and we've had to make some adjustments because we were supposed to start last Sunday. But um, I'll tell you what, the video, we post the video of the messages on Tuesday, usually around 5, 6 o'clock on Facebook. We post it to our website. Would you do me a favor? This week on Tuesday, if you haven't liked the Vertical Church Facebook page, go ahead, go on there right now. We already know you're on your phone pretending that you're looking up the version app and reading the Bible, but you're always making your grocery list. And so just hop over to Facebook for a second and, and stop browsing the news feed. Go ahead, go to Vertical Church, like it. And on Tuesday, would you do me a favor? Share this video with three friends and invite them to join you next Sunday, because I promise this series uh, has the potential to not only start your year off right, but completely change how you approach uh, your relationship your relationship with Jesus. So I hope you could join us. Uh, we, we've shortened it down to four weeks. It's supposed to be five. We may put something online uh, because we do have five secrets. Anyway, um, talking about New Year's resolutions. I remember one time uh, I bought, I was probably 16, 17 years old, and I, I probably didn't have my own money, so I begged my mom uh, for some money, and I bought uh, an ad machine, and I don't even know what it was called. Um, but it was basically shaped like a triangle, kind of like an arrow, actually, because it had this thing that came out, and you put it on your abs, and you took the triangle, and you pressed it. It, it's supposed to cause, like, uh, force, not like sit-up force, but force directly on your abs, and so you did these crunches by, like, pressing this thing against you, and I had that thing for about two weeks, and then I just left it in the garage, because it was, I, I, I couldn't, Keep on doing it. Have you ever done that? Have you ever bought a piece of exercise equipment and then, you know, either two weeks, a month later, it's just sitting in the garage collecting dust? Or like my mom used to do, it's now the uh, the coat hanger for all of your clothes that you haven't put in the closet yet. you got a treadmill and you just hang stuff on it. Nobody else 
be a be a merita, right? Um, yeah, it's it's what we do at the new year, right? Like um, maybe maybe like we said just a second ago, maybe you started off on the first day and you went into your kitchen and you cleaned out all of the bad food and you just threw it in the trash. But when you went to the store in a week, you were done with that resolution. Anybody done that before? I have, I have thrown away stuff only to then buy it back, which makes no sense. That is not good financial advice. If you're going to buy it back, just keep it, okay? Uh, or, or just, you know, get some uh, self-resistance, uh, whatever it's called. Self, whatever, I don't know what it's called. Discipline, self-discipline, yeah. Or maybe let's, let's get a little bit more serious, right? Uh, maybe you've recognized that you have an addiction, and so you went and you poured out a whole bottle of alcohol. But a couple weeks later, you found yourself at the ABC store, and you bought the same bottle back. Now, I'm not asking you if you'd raise your hand on that one, um, because some of you would be all too eager. That's me, Pastor. Right? Help. Um, or, or, or maybe, uh, let's just get real, okay? Some of you fellas in particular, maybe you threw out some DVDs that you didn't want your kids to see, but then just a month later, you signed up on an online subscription so you could watch that and stream that on your phone so your wife doesn't know. Hello, come on. Now, let's just, let's just get real where people are because that's how we live. We, we approach something in our life and we say, I'm going to change and then a couple weeks later, we, we get to the point where we say, there's no use. I can't. I can't stop. I'll always be like this. I want to change, but I can't. And then what happens? Oh, gosh, this happens so often. I know exactly what this feels like, right? You, you, you resolve that I'm going to change this, and then you, 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 you drop the ball, and you feel so guilty, and you hate yourself. I don't, I'm just, I'm just, if, if that doesn't identify with you, let me help myself, okay? You hate yourself because you couldn't follow through on the change that you said you were going to make. If that, any of that resonates with you, this series is for you. <laughs> this series is, is, is God designed for you. And so let's start off with kind of the main passage for the whole series. It comes from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And matter of fact, I'm going to ask you to do something huge, okay? If you don't know what to do after today's message, if you don't have a next step, something God tells you to do, this is what you're supposed to do. I want you, let's go ahead and show it on the screen. I want you to take this passage and memorize it. It'll take you an hour total, okay? An hour. I want you to memorize these two verses and be ready next week to quote it because we're going to have a Bible game. Not really, but... Um, <laughs> Anyway, the, the context of this, Paul is writing to a group of believers uh, who, who, are at the, uh, who, who, are, who are in a, a moment of deception. There has been a, there's been an outside group that has infil, infiltrated the community and has begun teaching things that are not in line with how Jesus taught them to live. Uh, they're, they're, they're taking some of the Jesus teachings, some Christian beliefs, but they're mixing it with some Greek philosophy and other kind of religious and, and just non-religious ideas, and they're bringing it together, and they're, 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 they're telling the, the followers of Jesus that they have to live a way that Jesus never told them, that, that they, have to, they have to change through basically their own willpower. And, and Paul is writing and he's addressing this and he says this in verse 6 and you got it on the screen and you're going to memorize it because I'm telling you, when you get in that moment where you drop the ball, then this scripture is going to come to your mind and it's going to be so encouraging. All right, here we go. 
Verse 6, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in, 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 in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Let's, let's do it again one more time. So then, because this is how you memorize, okay? You just kind of, you repeat it, put it on an index card. Tell you what you can do. You can pull your phone out, get it all right on the front screen of your phone. Every time you pull it out, you see it, bam, and you just remember it back to yourself, quote it back to yourself. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. The first secret to living 2017 like a boss from making this your best year ever, from the, the first thing that you need to know is this right here. It comes from that passage, and it's really the foundation for the next three weeks. Growing with God is not a project. It's a process. Growing with God is not a project. It's a process. I remember, um, Lex, can you stand up for a second? I want everybody to see you. That's my, that's my oldest son, Lex. He's a good-looking kid. I remember, when Hope was, I remember when Hope was pregnant with him. You can go ahead and sit down. Um, I, remember, um, I remember when she was pregnant with him, I was so uh, focused on the finish line of the, of the pregnancy. Because here's the deal. Uh, when, when, when she first got pregnant, we were living in Gulfport, Mississippi, and I was working for a roofing company and I would stand on these big homes in, in Mississippi and especially in New Orleans, and I would measure their roof. But when she got pregnant, I got sympathy sickness. Anybody know what that means? Any, any guys know what I'm talking about? I would, I have never experienced dizziness like before in my life. Heights don't bother me, nothing like that. But I would get on top of these like three, four story homes in downtown New Orleans, measuring somebody's roof after Hurricane Katrina. And all of a sudden this bout of dizziness would hit me and I'm up on this roof and I'm like, oh God, what's going on? So, so I was so focused on the finish line because I was thinking, you know, when, when that baby comes, these dizzy spells are going to end. You know, it's going to be the end of swollen ankles. We're going to get a return to normal bedtime activities, you know. Uh, it's going to be the end of worrying because eventually we moved to Tennessee. And we lived about an hour to an hour and a half away from the birthing center. So, so I'm so worried. I'm thinking, oh gosh, are we going to make it there on time? And then finally, when he came and he was out and everything was good, I was so relieved because I was like, Oh, we're done. I did not know what I was talking about. What I thought was the closing ceremony was just the starter pistol. Because, because I, I felt so relieved, but it was just a couple of nights where I stepped into the land of sleepless delusion, Right? And so many, so many things, right? Because, because you, you, you spend, those of you who have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you're thinking, like, first you're thinking, when are they going to talk? When are they going to talk? When are they going to talk? When are they going to stop talking? Just stop talking. You're, the more you talk, the more you get yourself in trouble. You've heard me say that. You can testify. I'm telling you the truth. Or like we're dealing with our, with our third, uh, third kid, our, our only girl right now. Her name's Ava. Why can't you swallow food like a normal human being? Chew. Chew. It's mashed potatoes. You don't even have to chew. Just swallow. Swallow. You better swallow that food. There's nothing ended. The birth was, was not an ending. It was a beginning, right? 
It was a beginning. And, and, and we, I've realized, man, we didn't finish anything. In fact, we just started a process that was going to take us through our entire lives as parents. And i got a confession to make. I don't like processes. <laughs> I prefer projects, right? Those of you who know what I'm talking about, I prefer projects. You know, like, all right, replace the carpet. Boom, done. All right, that's it. Good. Good to go, all right? Look, replace the light fixture. Screw, screw, pop it off. Bam, done. I like projects. Paint the room. Okay, shoo, 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 whack uh, up, down, whatever the karate kid does, and I'm done. I like projects. But here's what I've learned about God. God is not a God of projects. God is a God of process. God doesn't do projects. He doesn't work that way. I'll talk to guys at our church, right? Uh, From time to time, usually about once a year, we do a relationship series. Typically, we talk about marriage, and we talk about other stuff, and we talk about how to get along, how to fight fair, and stuff like that. But I'll talk to guys, and then we make, you know, we make application all through the year to stuff like that, because that's that's where people live. That's like their real life. And I'll talk to these fellas, and they'll be like, Pastor Josh, I tried that thing you said. I went home, and I washed the dishes. And when my wife got home, man, she didn't want to do anything right then. Like, well, (laughs) <laughs> bro you did you've been tr- you've been an iceberg for 14 years and you think because you washed the dishes once you're gonna heat things up it doesn't work that way you got you got to keep showing up you got you got you got you started a process right like like pastor Brian talked about the spaces and places offering right like people people will say i gave in that special offering pyramid scheme you had spaces and places and you know what i still got bills coming in my mailbox and i didn't get that promotion well you gave one time you gave once and waited a week and decided that god wasn't faithful because everything didn't change in your life doesn't work that way. It's 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 a process, but we like projects. We like P90X, Tony Horton, washboard abs in 90 days, or you giving me my money back. <laughs> or I'll just download it free, right? I'm not giving you any money. Just being honest, okay? You see, we want we want God to change us like a project. Boom, done. Marriage fixed, done. Temptation solved. Done. Finances repaired. Boom. Done. You're good. We want we want God to fix us like a project, but God doesn't work that way. We want we want God to use the silver bullet. You know what I mean? Like the the werewolf. How, how you kill a werewolf? Just one silver bullet, and you're dead. And that's what we want God to do in our lives. One thing, one change, one fix. Boom. Done. We're good. But walking with God is not like that. Walking with God is a, is a process. Walking with God is a lot less like a straight line from here to there and a lot more like a wandering journey up and down and around and around and over and through. And, and, and here it can leave you disoriented and it can be discouraging if you don't understand that God is a God of process. So many Christians... So many Christians that I talk to fail to to realize and understand that God works through process. They experience so much frustration in their walk with Christ because they'll they'll say, you know, I I got saved, but I still struggle. Like, why is that? I thought when I I thought when I gave my life to Jesus, everything would be better. 
I thought when I, when I surrendered, I prayed the prayer, Pastor. I invited Jesus into my life, but I still got these struggles. What's wrong with me? What's, what's wrong with me? I guess what's wrong with Jesus, because ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I guess he just isn't who I thought he was. And, and so many people leave and, and, and abandon their faith because they don't understand that God is a God of process, not project. Salvation is a process. Do you know that? Yeah. Salvation is a process. Salvation isn't a project. Let me, you, you got time for a little quick Bible study? Whether you have time or not, we're going to do it. All right. Look, I'm going to show you. Let me show you these scriptures, okay? It's real quick. Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 8. Check this out. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. For it is by, it is by grace you have been saved. Past or present tense? Past, yeah. You have been saved. Moment done, sins forgiven, done deal, accepted Jesus. I'm good. It happens in a moment. But then check out this passage of scripture. Second Corinthians. Let's go to the next one. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed. Look what he says. Day by day. Past tense or present tense? Present tense. So, so it's, it's I have been saved, and yet there's a way that I am being saved. I'm being renewed day by day because it's a process. And that's not even the crazy part. Check out this passage from 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at this. Who, and he's talking about us, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed. Look what he says. In the last time, past or present tense. Trick question. It's future. <laughs> this is a future like tomorrow or next week. We don't know when this is. This is the end of time future. Jesus. So salvation is a process. When we, when we walk with God, we walk with God in a process. So it's, it's I am changed. It is by grace through faith. I am saved. I have been saved. But I'm being renewed day by day. I'm being saved day by day. And quite frankly, there are some parts that are never going to fix until he finally shows up and wraps everything up in the last time. But in the meantime, I'm in process. I'm in process. And if we don't catch that, if we don't understand that, we experience so much frustration. And I know that frustration firsthand because I got a lot of junk that frustrates me about me. Sometimes I just get sick of me. Because, and here's the thing, some of it I didn't bring on myself. Some of the stuff that I deal with, I had no choice in. Some of it come, comes genetically. Both of my parents were addicted to different things in their life. My mom smoked two plus, uh, two plus packs of cigarettes a day. For all, like from the time she was like 11 years old until she died a few years ago, she was smoking two, two plus packs a day. She, she had an addictive personality about her. My dad was addicted to alcohol at one point in his life, uh, cigarettes at one point in his life, and he, that dude worked. Like if anybody could be addicted to work, it was my dad. So when I come into my life, I recognize this about me. I didn't ask for this, but I have a tendency to obsess about things. I have a tendency to get addicted to something and completely wall out everything around me and focus in on only that one thing. But then there are other things in my life that, are, that, that come from choices that I made that allowed sin to get its claws into my life. And there are choices that I make every day that, are, that, that give sin a little open door, a little foothold into my life. They don't look at me like you're perfect and I'm the only one that struggles. <laughs> Because I will go Holy Ghost up in this room, look you in the eyeball, call you out for your thing, and post it on Facebook. 
We have all these things that we that we deal with. And I I know I listen, if you're tired of dealing with the same stuff over and over, I'm right there with you. I'm so tired of me. (laughs) Same temptations, same addictions, same struggles, same bad attitude, same harsh temper, same mean words, same wondering. Like I'm there with you. I get so tired of it. Like, like, you know. I, I, I went to a seminar, but my marriage isn't better. Like, what happened? I, I did the Dave Ramsey class, and I'm still in debt. I can't do the, the steps. I can't take the baby steps. I keep messing up. I read a book about thinking more positively, but I still think everything sucks. <laughs> What's wrong with me? And that's, <laughs> that's the, that, that, that right there is the point where so many people give up. And they lose faith because they were never taught. It's a process. It's a process. You, you, may not, you may not beat that thing the first time you face it, but you're going to beat it. Like you, you, may have to, you may have to come up, you know, once or twice or 27 times and fight that thing. But eventually you are going to receive the victory in your life. When you fall down, you don't stay down. You get back up because you don't abandon the process. The only way you fail is if you quit. So don't quit in the process. It doesn't mean that you ignore reality, okay? I'm not swallowing what I'm saying. See, the key, the, the a sign of maturity, okay, is not that you, have, that you have no faults and no issues in your life. A sign of maturity is that you can, you can hold on to the tension. In one hand, you're like, here's who God has called me to be. Here's who God says that I am. And, and you hold on to that. You hold on to the faith that, that you will change while simultaneously staring their current circumstances in the face. So you say, I know God will win. I know I will change. But I don't deny the fact that I'm right here. That this is what I'm struggling with. That, that, that this is my dysfunction. That's what, one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. First uh, John chapter 3, verse 2. That's what, that's what uh, John is saying there. Check this out on the screen. He says, uh, verse 2, he says, Dear friends, now we are children of God. Now... We are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. I said, sometimes I get so, so tired of me. Like, I feel like I've made some progress in the process. I feel like I've made some changes. I feel like I'm probably a better person than I was, you know, 10, 5, 10 years ago. I'm more mature. I can see it coming a little bit. But then he's still got stuff he's dealing with me right now, right? I'm, I'm being saved. And then... Like I said, there are parts of me, quite frankly, that I feel like are never going to get fixed. So, Lord, just go ahead and take me on home now. <laughs> like, I'm tired of this. I want to, I want to be done. I want to be out, right? And, and it's when, when, when you're in that moment, that's when you need this verse. That's when you need this passage. And you need to read it and look at it and say, look what he says. He says, now we are children of God. Right now. Right now. Right now in the middle of of your mess, in the middle of your failure, in the middle of your dysfunction, in the middle of your identity crisis, in the middle of your screw-ups and mess-ups, right now, we are children of God. But then he stops and he says, and what we will be, what's coming in the future, the process has not yet been made known, which means I'm in process. 
I'm a child of God, but I'm not yet who he's called me to be completely and totally. So I'm in process. Like the, like the Sunday school song I learned growing up, he's still working on me, making me auto, what I ought to be, something like that. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. Oh, what, how precious I must be because he's still working on me. I probably messed those lyrics up. Terrible, but that's the idea. I'm in process. I'm, I'm being renewed day by day. See, the miracle of salvation is not that God would put his Holy Spirit into a perfect vessel, but that God would put his Holy Spirit into a tribe of struggling up and down, imperfect, jacked up, messed up people, and then through them... Show the world his love and his grace. And so now, while we're still struggling, we are, in fact, children of God because we're in process. We're in the process. We haven't abandoned the process. Is this, this is tracking for anybody? Like, is this, making, is this helping you at all? Thank you. I appreciate that. Because... Just let me let you in, in, in inside of how like um, how I approach this time when when I'm when, when, I, when I'm getting ready when I'm, I'm preparing and, and I'm sitting usually at some point during the week I just kind of sit down and and I ask God I'm like God who's going to be there I don't know because I don't know what your schedule is I don't even know if you're going to show up who knows um, but but I ask, I ask God I'm like God who's going to be there because and, and, and I just sit there and I start picturing people not like specific faces. Not like specific issues that I happen to know people are going through, but I just start picturing. And this week, or actually last two weeks while preparing this, there's just been this image that I could not escape. This person who walked in here feeling like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get it together? And friend, God just wants you to know it's a process. It's a process and he's patient. And he's kind. And you don't have to disconnect in the process. Uh, For those of you who have a smartphone, another image that I've just kind of been thinking about. You know, when I go to update my phone, uh, if it doesn't have enough juice, enough power, I've got to plug it into a power source, right? And while it's updating, and the little thing says, and there's a little message on on the front, it says, do not disconnect. And I think that's what God wants you to hear this morning. Do not, do not disconnect from my power supply in the process while I'm updating some stuff in your life. Do not disconnect because I'm downloading some things into your life. If you disconnect, you'll revert to the old operating system. You'll just revert to the way you used to be. But if you'll stay connected, I'll update some things in your life. I'll, I'll, I'll reformat your hard drive so that who you used to be won't be who you're going to be because you stayed connected in the process. It takes time and it might take longer than you want it to take. It takes longer for my phone to update than I prefer. I want to hit update and be done, but that's not how it works. It's a process. And i got to leave it connected in the process. You've got to stay connected. It takes, it takes time. It takes time to be the husband that God has called you to be. But don't disconnect in the process. Keep showing up. Keep going home. Keep, keep treating your wife the way Jesus treats the church. Keep, keep showing up. Keep, keep reading your Bible. Keep 
praying. Keep asking her, hey, do you want to pray together? Keep at it because eventually if you stay connected in the process, you'll arrive at a place that you were not when you began. It takes time. It takes time to change your defaults. It takes time to change your temper. It takes time to change the way you think about money. It takes time. It takes time. Don't disconnect. Don't, don't, keep, keep coming to church. I know you don't do half the stuff that I say. It doesn't matter. Just keep coming. Keep showing up. Don't disconnect. I used to think that this whole process stuff, because I remember when I was in college, people would preach, God's a God of process and all this. And I would think, man, that's just, like, isn't that just an excuse? But it's not an excuse. It's actually an empowering statement because what it says is even if I fail, I don't have to quit because I'm in process. I just got to get back up, trust in Jesus, and go on. Even even though I blew that one, I'll get it the next time it comes around because I'll see it coming because I recognize some things in my process and how I can how I can see things ahead of time. Colossians chapter two, verse six says that so then just as you received Jesus or received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Now, when I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for four years taught teenagers, uh, preached at them hard, hard, harder than I preach here, a lot harder than I preach here. Um, and, and I would preach this passage. And here's what I would say, because I heard this said so many times, right? When we read this, a lot of times what we read is command. And here's how it sounds. If you claim to know Jesus, you got to live for Jesus. If you claim to know him, you got to make a stand for him. But that's not what Paul says. I just realized this a few years ago. Paul does not say you have to live for it. He says you get to live in it. And that's different. That's a totally different perspective. That's a completely different way of approaching life. Because a lot of us approach life like this is a command. And so God's saying, you claim to know Jesus, you better start living like it. But I don't think it's a command. I think it's an invitation. I think God is saying, look, you claim to know Jesus, guess what? Now... You get to live like it because you get to live in him. You see, the conventional wisdom of the world says that we have to finish what we started. And that's how we approach our walk with Christ. Well, I started this thing and and I got to finish it. So I just got to buckle down and pull myself up and and grunt and bear it. And and it's not going to be fun. It's just going to be, you know, self-discipline and I'm going to make it. And and you know what? That's no way to live. That's... The world says you got to finish what you start, but that's not what God says. God says, God doesn't say you got to finish what you started. God says, hey, why don't you just continue what I already started and what I'm going to finish in your life? So when you get knocked down, why don't you just get up and walk? That's all he wants you to do. Just take another step. Just walk. Do another lap. Face that thing again. Just keep going because he's working on you. He's working in you. He's going to work through you. You're going to go deeper. You're going to go higher if you don't disconnect in the process. The same grace that brought you into this thing is the same grace that keeps you in it. Paul says, for it is by grace that we have been saved. Not by my effort or because I was a really good person. The same grace that saved me is the same grace that will sustain me and it's the same grace that will get me home. I didn't earn it. It's not by merit. And so the way I stay in Christ is not earning it, and it's not by merit. 
It's because of his grace pursuing me and responding with submission to him. I don't disconnect in the process. That's how you continue to live in him. Because I'm in process and I bet you're in process too. Why don't you touch five people beside of you and say, I'm in process. How's that for a way to end a sermon? You high five them if you want. I'm in process. I'm in process. I'm in process. Let me pray for you this morning. If you're, if you're struggling during this prayer, I'm gonna, there's going to be an opportunity and invitation for you to acknowledge that. And I just want to say a special uh, prayer just for you and over your life that, that you would find strength in the process. Not that everything would change overnight. Not that God would switch the way he works just for you and become a project God. No, but that you would find strength in the process for what God's doing in your life. Let me pray for you. And as a matter of fact, if you want to, you can join me and pray for everybody else as well. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Lord, it's been 22 days since we've had church in this room. But it's not been 22 days since we had an opportunity to come into your presence. Because of your son, Jesus, you made way, you made the way possible for any of us at any moment in the day to step boldly into the presence of God most high and, and to receive grace from him for the journey, to receive grace for him from the fight, to receive shelter from the storm, to receive safety in the midst of fear. Today, God. As we kick off this new series, as we want to discover and learn how to make 2017 the year that we live like a boss, that we, that we live the, 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 the very best that we can for you and in you, help us to understand and keep kind of in the, in the foundation of our life that it's not a project. 2017 is not a project. It's a process. There will be ups and downs this year. Me ins and outs, things are going to go our way and things aren't going to go our way. But in the midst of it all, the same grace that brought us into 2017 is the same grace that's going to see us into the next year and the next year until we go home to be with you. So, Lord, help us to stay strong. If that's you this morning, I'm not asking, you know, if you need to receive Jesus this morning, if you're like, you know, I need to begin my journey with Christ today. If that's you, you can respond to this prayer. Uh, but what I'm specifically want to, to, to draw attention to right now, just a few moments that we have left, is if, if you find yourself in that place of frustration, frustration in your walk with Christ. I'm not saying you, you've completely walked away from him. I'm not saying that, that you are somehow, uh, you, you're backing away from God. Nothing like that. Listen, I get there too. I just confessed most of it to you. You're in that moment right now of frustration in your walk with Christ where you feel like you just can't get it together. If that's you, all I want you to do is just slip your hand up and write back down because I want to, let me pray for you. If, the, if that's not you right now, I'm going to pray prophetically for you because you're, you're coming around to it eventually because we all do. And so um, let's, just, let's just pray. And if that's not you right now, you may not know who raised their hand, but you know that people in this room did. So would you just pray, believing God to lead you uh, to, to pray for the people around you? Lord, as we get ready to wrap up our experience today, I just want to pray for those who raised their hands specifically, God. They're in that moment. They're kind of in a moment of decision. They may not recognize it as such right now, but it is. It's, it's a moment of decision. And the decision is, will I disconnect from the process or will I trust that God 
is working even when I'm so frustrated with myself. God, I pray that they would find new strength in the process. I pray that today, God, they would find new grace in the process where they didn't even realize that it was available, but your Holy Spirit right now in this moment can administer grace and strength and, and, and vitality in their life to stay connected to you, to stay connected to your power in the process until they see progress in their walk with you. Love you, Jesus. Thank you for being so faithful to us. Help us and teach us how to be faithful in the process in return. We pray in your name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.